0: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah,
2: Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630
2: check
0: Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. On winners now. Do want to mention the best pizza in the city. Still making a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including Old Strathcona. Royal Pizza, Edmonton-owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton-area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. One guy that would be stoked for an all-Canadian division in the NHL joins me right now. My play-by-play partner, Jack Michaels. Hello, Jack. How you doing? Good. How are you, pal? Not bad. Long time no see. It's been a couple weeks now. Uh, so what do you think? Is it a possibility, the all-Canadian division? You know what? It wouldn't be the worst possibility from my standpoint, Bob.
2: I mean, especially now that we've got this flurry-like discharge coming from the sky, I feel weird that uh, we're not playing hockey. So whatever it takes to get it done, I'd love to see. And quite frankly, an all-Canadian division I think has some real intrigue and can give a a bit of a jump start to a team like Ottawa where – you know, within the country, there's not much interest, let's face it. It's the, you know, it's the equivalent of being a Panthers fan.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting, Jack, because, you know, we both love going to Chicago. Uh, Pittsburgh's better than Philadelphia, uh, and and that, you know... It, You know, you obviously have a lot of... That's
2: what's being called nice to your guests.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you very much. It rarely happens. No, it is nicer than Philadelphia. It's not even close. And and I know we've done one orders now, road trip to Pittsburgh, and people loved it over the years. There's lots of great stops in the U.S. But the fact of the matter is, as much as uh, I occasionally bring up... uh, the regional disparity on certain issues in this country that frustrate me there is i mean an all canadian division but there's some unique experience there's nothing quite like going as an example to the bell center in montreal to do a a game between ebbs and montreal is there
2: no i mean the bell center has a you know magnificent feel to it i know the players always get excited when we go to toronto even though you know unfortunately uh the the Scotiabank arena there is kind of an antiseptic feel i mean you totally agree i I mean it's just you you could be anywhere you could be in columbus for for all that matters but montreal is a a unique feel It, it i never had the luxury of doing a game in the forum bob but when i'm in the bell center what they've done there is capture the history while still keeping a very clean building. and in, in other words, it feels like you're in a 100-year-old facility, but You've got you know all the beautiful amenities of a new building, and they've taken care of that building. That's the other thing, Bob. That isn't a new building anymore. That's probably twenty years old now, and it's gorgeous. Uh, they they've really protected it. So, I, you know, I'd be all I'd be all for it. And like I said, I, I think Ottawa in particular would would benefit the most by having an all Canadian division. And I mean, just generally maybe igniting some some long lost interest in the Senders. Uh, you know, they've they had an exciting draft, they've made some noise in free agency, but, you know, the next Senders fan I meet will be the first one. And and maybe an all Canadian division would would kinda get that team going in the sense of, you know, getting some people behind that hockey club. Because like I said, I, I think you'd agree with me, in Canada That's the one faceless franchise. I mean, just no one cares.
0: Well, I do agree. The experience in Toronto at times is antiseptic, bordering on, frankly, a little bit arrogant. Um, You know, they they haven't had a team playing a Stanley Cup final in that city uh, since I was one. So that's a long time ago. And I just, there are times when you go there and it's like, holy, like, and and I don't like, I don't like picking on, but I'm like, if you've experienced it as a broadcaster, there's nothing special being in that building. Whereas Montreal, you think you're in a cathedral. Now, the problem with Ottawa, we can share this with our listeners, uh, Jack. Part of the problem for me with Ottawa is where we stay. Because They're not in Ottawa. I mean, the senators are not in
2: Ottawa. They're in Canada. It'd be like... You know, I I mean, having the Oilers in a a suburb, you know, a 45-minute drive away, it's not the same feel. You know what? It's interesting we're on this subject because, you know, a, a, a city very near and dear to me, Cleveland, had the same issue with the Cavaliers, this is pre-LeBron, of course, when they used to play out in Richfield, Ohio, same kind of thing, one road out in the middle of suburbs, you know, no one's there, and a lot of people, you know, say the same problem exists with the Washington football team, uh, you know, where again, it's in a suburb, it's 45 minutes away, and there's no real connection to the city. I've been told by you and others that the city of Ottawa itself is a magnificent city but unfortunately when we go there I never have a chance to enjoy it cuz I you
0: know I don't have the luxury of killing an hour and a half just getting back and forth every day now jack contrast toronto to winnipeg because winnipeg you know let's face it it's like edmonton it's cold there at times you can get anywhere at times you can get anywhere underground from our hotel in winnipeg but one thing that needs to be stated when you're at a game in winnipeg you know the fans are into it because they're always
2: into it i i would i would uh put my edmonton hat on a little bit i don't Find Winnipeg anything like Edmonton in the sense of they have none of the architecture or sure. the natural beauty that's in this city. I mean, I I find Winnipeg bleak, gray, and architecturally devoid of anything interesting. <laughs> so uh, let me just say that uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna just I just I don't ever I, I I do think and I know you didn't mean to, but some people do group Edmonton and Winnipeg together and nothing gets my back up more than that happening but yes when you're at the building the fans are excited i'll i'll grant you that but that's about as far as i can go in terms of saying too much you know in the way of niceties.
0: well they know their hockey they're on top of it and they got a sense of humor remember their chant for cory perry a few years ago in winnipeg uh calgary Hey, I mean, we just Jack, we just did redid the opening. Brendan took time to put the opening together, and we included a couple snippets of your legendary call of the uh, line brawl with the Calgary Flames. I heard the open. They did a great job. I appreciate and am honored by
2: the fact that you included me in there. And you know what? That was important for Calgary and Edmonton because yeah, totally. I gotta, I gotta tell you, Bob, and I don't, I don't know whether you'd go this far because, of course, you lived through the glory days, but. But for me, you know, heading into this season, Calgary had started to just be another date on the schedule. I was not feeling the Battle of Alberta. I really wasn't. I was, I was looking at Calgary as, as another division opponent where the Oilers ultimately would have to beat head-to-head, you know, to qualify for a postseason berth. And I realize that sounds like sacrilege to some of your listeners, but understand the relatively narrow width of my experience. In my 10 years, you can make the argument that, that Winnipeg, Toronto, and Vancouver had all kind of surpassed, you know, Calgary as a, as a team where you had a bit of hate on. Uh, from an Euler perspective. So I I thought that was a really important sequence of games, Uh, not just the goalie fight, but also the, the emotional game that was played in Edmonton, and one could easily argue the far more entertaining from a competitive standpoint game that had been played at Rogers Place just four days earlier. I mean, that was a heck of a hockey game.
0: Hey, uh, since we're working away across the country, Vancouver. uh, Now, for a number of years, Vancouver had the best team, uh, the best, well, certainly the best Canadian team in the Pacific. Um, They acted as though at times that team that they'd won a couple cups. I think you'd agree on that. Certainly similar... (laughs) <laughs> some of their media did as well uh and, they're, and they should have won in 2011 i mean let's face it jack from 2010 to 2015 the western conference was way better than the east right chicago in 10 13 15 vancouver shouldn't have blown that series in 2011 but they did they let boston get back into it then obviously the kings went in 12 and 14 um but Vancouver, you know, you you saw a couple of years ago the draft just how beautiful. Because whenever we go there, it's uh, it, it's sort of that reoccurring theme of it, it's either cloudy or rainy or or both. You know what I'm saying? But in terms of Vancouver, that's a pretty healthy rivalry right now with the Oilers as well.
2: Well, and it's two teams that and I, I think, Cal- you know, let's be fair. Calgary should be in that mix too. Uh, you know, those are the three teams right now that... I think feel like they're the ones ascending in the Pacific Division and the California Glory Days are long since past. I I think all three of the Canadian teams would be extremely disappointed if they finished behind any of the three california teams next year i mean that would be a massive disappointment so uh... the division is flip-flop there's no question about it and i think the fact that those three teams could be competing uh... for a slice of of the division title and and maybe as as the challenger to let's say vegas and Colorado for overall Western Conference supremacy. I think it's a great thing for Western Canada. I, I think to have all three teams be good at the same time. I mean, as much as I respect the Battle of Alberta, you're exactly right. It's nice to have Vancouver in the mix as well because it really, you know, gives you a matchup to look forward to basically every two weeks because you know one of you know two of the three teams are going to be playing one another.
0: Yeah, no, I I think the Canadian division would be super interesting. Now that the body, you you joined us last Friday, right as we were wrapping up the opening day, the Oilers signing tourists and bringing in us back, uh, and then they went quiet for a couple hours. uh, And then Saturday, Tyson Berry, and later Mike Smith. Give me your take on the the overall body of work for the Oilers, and then individually on the return of Smith and signing Berry.
2: I think the overall body of work, even if nothing works out, let's say nothing works out for the Oilers, I still think the overall body of work is the best the Oilers have done in in free agency in my ten years here in terms of, you know, value and quality of player. I, I just I, I honestly believe that. I, I think that they had a choice whether to maybe go for a significant upgrade of goaltending or potentially try to get a guy like Tyson Berry. And I think that the fact that Clef status certainly is uncertain at the very least dictated that they go and, and spend the money on upgrading the defense and to get the deal they did, to get the deal they did for Kyle Turris. I know people want to... You know, say, all right, well, he's re-signing Mike Smith. That's it. You know, I've had enough. Well, first of all, understand the limitations that Ken Holland were was dealing with for a second consecutive year with the salary cap, and then add the flat cap. Now there was no increase, and add the fact that regular season, and get beyond the overall save percentages because Mike Smith's the kind of goaltender where he's good in the games that he's good. And unlike some goaltenders, this is, this is what affects Smith's numbers overall. And I'm not saying this is necessarily a good thing. But when other goalies lose, they tend to lose 3-2. It's a 3-2 league. When Mike Smith loses, it tends to be 5-2. Uh, you know, in other words, when he has an off night, it's really off. But it doesn't really take away from the team's overall record because he's still good on the right percentage of nights that you need for a guy who's in a job share position. Now, if Mike Smith was the number one goalie and Nico Koska was only playing 20 games, then he wouldn't be good enough. But for the percentage of games he plays and the percentage of games that he plays well, he is, in the words of Ken Holland, a, it's a it's a good combination. Now, were they good enough in the postseason? No, but you know what, Bob? They had plenty of company in that regard. Sure.
0: No, absolutely, no question about that. All right, I'm gonna switch focus, Jack, and give you a couple hard hitters here. Are the Cleveland Browns really four and one? For the first
2: time since I was in college, Bob, you talked about the least dry spell. Well, it's it's been not quite that long, but it's been a long time since the Browns were relevant. Bill Belichick was the host, was the coach of the Cleveland Browns last time they were four and one. That's a couple of jobs ago. So uh, obviously, I'm excited. I'm excited about the weekend, and my heart tells me the Browns will find a way but my heart has uh, not responded in the way it needs to low these 40 years of fanship for the Cleveland Browns.
0: So I'm probably giving them the kiss of death right now. How does a guy from Western Pennsylvania end up being a Browns fan over a Pittsburgh Steelers fan? That's what I want to know.
2: Bob, you know uh, several things about me. Uh, Number one, I'm going to go off on my own, uh, you know, agenda. I'm going to go against the grain more often than I'm going to go with the flow. And number two, I'm extremely stupid, stubborn, silly, uh, you know, completely out of line when it comes to, you know, sticking with something that I believe in. I'm just going to go down with the ship. You know this. No matter how much logic you throw at me, I always feel I've made the right choice And I'm going to stick with it, and that would explain uh, my fandom of the Cleveland Browns. How old were you? That's
0: that's, that's a trade. How old were you in '86 and '87 when they lost back-to-back years to the Broncos? Eleven and eleven and twelve, and uh, I I hate to say it,
2: but even at that relatively advanced age, when you should be beyond it, I was racked with sobs after both losses.
0: Who should I take on Saturday night? I'm gonna go with a couple of boys to go watch uh, Georgia and Alabama. No Nick Saban; he's out with uh, the COVID. Uh, Bama at home against Georgia. I still like uh, I still like
2: Alabama. I hope you'll still root for them even without Nick.
0: Oh no! I'll be rooting for them without Nick.
2: Okay. I,
0: I all know right. You find his imperialistic
2: personality intoxicating. So I didn't know whether your loyalties were tied to his
0: presence. Jack, I'm all in for guys that are all in. You know what I'm saying? And he's all in. Love him or hate him. And he gets things done. And his pro- he, he, he makes players better. He gets the best players, but he makes players better. And uh, Well, he's, he's got- not warm and fuzzy, and that is something that you can never be
2: accused of. There we go. Awesome stuff. Have a great weekend, Jack. Take care. Except when Hudson's around, listeners to this show, this guy turns into a puddle with his kid around, and I've well, been there to see
0: it. Well, it's it rarely happens. Let me tell you, I'm uh I'm aging gracefully, though some would say I'm aging gracelessly. Uh Drive safely, Jack. Have a great weekend, pal. See you later. That's Jack Michaels, play by play voice, the Edmonton Oilers on the Edmonton Oilers radio network. Jack's driving around. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin, and now 0% financing back at Brentridge Ford as well. Come down and see the deals on 2020 F-150s, Escapes, Mustangs, and more, plus get a trade-in bonus of at least $1,000 when you swap out your 2016 model or older. Go see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brentridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin, or go online at Brentridge.com. When we come back, Brendan Escott. Scott... We'll have uh, the James H. Brown injury update for us, as well as this day in Oilers history. 150 in Edmonton, you're listening to Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Jed. 151 in Edmonton, as promised. All season long, we have the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. Trent Brown. Former E.E. football star, all-star safety, 93 Great Cup champion, Jim Brown, who has been involved with the Oil Kings over the years. James H. Brown, injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com back at the 630 Chad Studios with a couple news and notes around hockey circles the one and only Brendan Escott. Well, uh, it's the time of year where we're
1: still getting that information trickling out, what were guys playing with throughout the playoffs and we know that Steven Stamkos came back for all of 2 minutes and 47 seconds and that's because, as he explained today, on that goal, he actually slipping past Essel and Dell as he said he felt basically his whole left groin area and then sort of the um, core injury area, which he had surgically repaired back in March, he said he felt that tear completely on that goal, so he knew pretty well right away after he had scored that he would be done for the rest of the series so that's that and i can also tell you that quentin byfield signed his entry-level contract with the los angeles kings as well that is a three-year deal all
0: right to this day in order's history we mentioned the mcdavid connection five points a year ago today excuse me in a 6-3 victory over the philadelphia flyers four points a year earlier In uh, 2018 against the uh, Winnipeg Jets, but going way old school. This is a guy by the name of Brendan Escott with this day in Oilers history.
1: In 1987, Glenn Anderson had three goals and an assist as the Oilers beat the Flames 5-2 down in Calgary. Anderson beat Mike Vernon twice and completed the hat trick into an empty net. But the game actually started with Kevin McClelland and Jim Poplinski uh, picking
0: up matching 10-minute misconducts before the puck even dropped. I remember that 87-88 season well. Calgary uh, came in first place in the division they beat the Oilers the last three times they played them and a lot of people thought that Calgary was going to knock Edmonton out in the second round of the playoffs the Oilers have gotten past the Winnipeg Jets in five games in fact that was that the only year that Winnipeg won a game in the series against Edmonton I'm thinking that's the case anyhow 88 playoffs against Calgary uh, Oilers go in win game one uh, 3-1 in Cowtown and then subsequent to that as we all know, Wayne Gretzky scores arguably uh, the greatest goal in his NHL uh, history. You know, certainly, overtime winner, uh, shorthanded in game number two. Oilers up two nothing. Then they took care of business. Uh, Marty McSorley uh, skewering Mike Bullard with a uh, world-class spear that probably today would have got a guy about a ten-game suspension. In game number three, Oilers win four two. Oilers close out the Flames in game four. Essa Tikkanen. At the end of game four, Edmonton up 6-4, fans, a fan threw a broom on the ice. And Essa Tikkanen, and this is the sort of thing that Essa Tikkanen would do. As fans were chanting, sweep, 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 he skated by the Calgary bench and uh, had a little fun with the broom sweeping. It was, it was pretty funny. Oilers would play Detroit, knock off the uh, Red Wings in five games, and then in the 88 Stanley Cup final, Beat Boston in five, but never lost a game. Of course, Edmonton was up three nothing when the lights went out in game number four, May twenty-fourth, nineteen eighty eight, came back to Edmonton. Last game Wayne Gretzky played as an oiler. Bombed the Bruins six to three. Edmonton went sixteen and two that year in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know what? Calgary had a better regular season record than them. Crazy stuff. And it all got started way back with a back to back in 1987 88 between the two teams, the Oilers and the Flames. Flames uh, actually won a game, uh, one of the regular season series on the 14th in Edmonton, a 5 4 victory. And then, as Brendan mentioned, Glenn Anderson getting after it. And Glenn Anderson could do that. They had a pretty good team, just for the record. Just, just want to say. Uh, Bob, 1990, Winnipeg won three games. I know, Mark. I was saying to that point in 1988. Uh, I think that was the first time the, uh, Jets, uh, got a game in the series. Uh, Bob, don't my Steelers play the, uh, don't my undefeated Steelers play the Browns this weekend? Yes, they do, Brian. I like your chances. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, here we go. Uh, other than Ottawa, which two other teams miss the playoffs if there's an all Canadian division? And please pass along to Jack if he's still driving. The Browns are about to go to 4-2 on the year. There you go. <laughs> so we've already got a couple of Steeltown fans. It's funny. Uh, here we go. Jack and Bob, Canadians will love a national division in the NHL, but here's my thought. It would be the best marketing of the NHL could ever conceived. Uh, conceived even without the COVID aspect. Americans and Europeans would love it. Americans and Europeans would love it if there was a national Canadian division in the NHL. <laughs> Interesting thought. All right, uh, Brendan, what's, I know that I'm on tonight with Reed Wilkins. Is that a fluid show tonight, or what's shaking?
1: <laughs> uh, no, quick second here. You are leading off, I guess, for Kelly Moore from CJOB uh, in Winnipeg, GM of Hockey Edmonton, Steve Hogel, and you have a uh, Golden Bears wrestling head coach, Owen Dawkins.
0: Yeah, the wrestling program, I, th- no, I think they still have a chance to play. Oh, all the other... The hockeys, the basketballs, the volleyballs, they're done at the university. I think one of the assistant athletic directors, the is a former wrestler. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. John Shannon, Reed, and a cast of thousands will join us on Monday's show. Up next, the Global Newsweather Traffic Update, followed by a simulcast of the Rob Ridge Show out of Calgary, CHQR 770. Have a terrific weekend.